Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 169, and we're recording on Tuesday, January 23rd. I'm Kendra Winchester, along with special guest Liberty Hardy, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Liberty. Thank you for having me again. I am so excited to have you here today to talk about you know, all things books. Uh, it's always it's always fun to hear all the new books that are coming out because again, I mean that's you're the new book girl, you know. It's true. Yeah. I was actually reading a, an upcoming release in the middle of the night on Saturday when you sent up the <laughs> book the book signal, the bad signal. I think that's what it was, yeah. And I was like, Yes, I know about mysteries. I've read some. <laughs> well, um Katie is not here today with us um because her cat uh died um and he was actually on the last podcast i don't know if they kept in his meowing but he had a lot of opinions um but he will be very missed um but sending a lot of love to katie right now yeah family he was probably a big lillian jackson braun fan you know i think he followed his mother's example and and loved like the dark and demented as katie (laughs) always said well then not lillian jackson (laughs) two siamese cats you know solving mysteries (laughs) you know i you know we don't he was seemed to be very well read yeah so i'm i'm sure he read so many different things and um he will be missed. He's always on the podcast talking about his opinions and <laughs> we have to cut out a lot of it because not everyone speaks cat, but um, yeah, sending love to Katie and her yeah. family. Um, but we, um, I guess we are, we have all sorts of things to talk about. So I want to make sure we all get it in time. So I guess we're at currently reading. So what are you currently reading Liberty? Uh, I just finished a book, so I am about to start Wander in the Dark by Jumada Emil. Uh, Emil wrote The Black Queen, which came out uh, last year, maybe the year before. It was a YA thriller mystery. Um, very, very good. Uh, and this one, I haven't read it yet, as I mentioned, but it's getting all the starred reviews. It's about a young man who goes to a party and he leaves the party with a girl from a very wealthy family. And when he wakes up the next morning next to her, she's been murdered and he knows he didn't do it. So he has to turn to his estranged half brother to help him figure out who is setting him up. Sounds very dark. It does. It does. Uh, Katie will definitely have to check that out as that is her, her entire book. <laughs> um, but I think it sounds really exciting. Um, I've also been reading something kind of dark. I was reading The Dangers of Smoking in Bed by Mariana Enriquez, translated Amazing. by Emily McDowell. I'm catching up. Um, I really love Dark Share of Night. So I was like, I'm doing the story a day challenge. So I'm reading one short story a day Ooh. in 2024. So the first one I picked up, the first collection I picked up was this one. And it is really dark and twisty. They're so like, – she really is like a queen of, of horror. I mm-hmm. loved just about everything that she writes. And her stories just capture your attention and you're sucked in and oh, so good. Yeah, she's fantastic. And, and you know, I believe still has a, a few things that haven't been translated into English yet. So Yes. Uh, she has a new collection of short stories coming out in the fall. It's in September. Yes. As of right now, and uh, I I love it. I went up and looked at all sorts of interviews with her, different things, and she just 
uh, I could listen to her talk about writing horror all day long. Yeah, she's great. So I, um, I, I feel like Our Share of Night was one of my picks on this podcast for one of my favorite books of the year. Uh, they all scrunch in together because I wear so many hats, but it is one of my top books overall as well, not just in the horror um, horror mystery thriller category, but I do, I do love her. Um, well, before we jump into anything else today, why don't we take a break for our first sponsor? Today's episode is brought to you by Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publisher of the smash hit Fourth Wing. You'll only cross these blades once in a page-turning new tale of revenge strategy and so many lies. Best-selling Red Tower Books is releasing its next year's will read that will capture your imagination and keep you guessing until the end. May Corlin's Five Broken Blades tells an intricate high-stakes tale of five total strangers united in a plot that will test their strength, wits, and courage. Each has their reasons, all have secrets. But while it's easy to portray a stranger, it's not so simple to stab a friend or a lover, okay, in the back. Now these five blades must choose between vengeance and one another. Pick up five broken blades by Mae Corlin for a thrilling, adventurous tale filled with risk, romance, adventure, and oh, so many lies. The relationships in it are complex and nuanced and involve everything from friends to enemies found in biological family and lovers and more. Thanks again to Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publishers of the smash hit Fourth Wing for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Steve Aoki's Hero Quest at your local bookstore or online at HeroQuest.com and catch Steve live on the Heavenly Hell Tour. Hero Quest is a graphic novel that is the story of a genetically augmented metahuman named Hero who travels into the multiverse 400 years into the future to save Earth from a disaster it cannot avoid. It has everything from mutants to robots to zombies to aliens, witches, and more. It's a quest for ten rings of tremendous power from ten different worlds that will be needed to save our world from certain disaster. It's an epic journey that will require the hero named Hiro to be cursed to save the lives of billions on Earth. It's a story of heroism, wonder, betrayal, and finally, revelation. This is the hero's journey. This is Hiro's quest. So the story was imagined by the mind of Steve Aoki and written by New York Times bestselling author Jim Kruger and Steve Aoki. So make sure to check it out. And this episode comes thanks again to Steve Aoki's Hero Quest at your local bookstore or online at HeroQuest.com and catch Steve live on the Heavenly Hell Tour. All right. Well, Liberty, um, you have a, a little info about the Read Harder Challenge to tell our listeners today. I do. It's the 10th year of the Read Harder Challenge, if you can believe it. So this year, in 2024, you can join us as we make our way through 24 tasks meant to expand our reading horizons and diversify our TBRs. You can get book recommendations for each task if you sign up for the Read Harder newsletter, where we'll also keep you informed about other cool reading challenges, readathons, and more across the bookish internet. And if you become a paid subscriber, you get even more recommendations, plus community features where you can connect with a community of passionate, like-minded readers in a cozy and supportive corner of the internet. So visit bookriot.com slash readharder to sign up. That's bookriot.com slash readharder. I love the Read Harder Challenge. It's hard to believe it's been so long. 
Seriously, like in 2100, are there going to be 200? <laughs> how, how, how would that work? Like how many challenges would that be? I don't even know. I started to say it and I'm like, I don't know the math. I don't. We're words Like people. almost 100 challenges. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what year that is. Zero. You have to read zero, zero books. Like what? What does that mean? You have to remove some from your head. It'll be for future book nerds to figure out. Oh, yeah. Hopefully they'll be they'll better at, at uploaded. math. They'll than get we like are. uploaded right up to their brain. <laughs> That's true. That would be exciting. That's like the center where you can just yep. learn stuff. Um, well, before we jump into our news, I did want to do a call out for listeners. Uh, so we take show suggestions, which is the hardest thing for me to say on this podcast for whatever reason. So if you would like to recommend a theme or a subgenre or whatever you would like, or if you're like, hey, I would love to see more cozy mysteries recommended, or I would like more thrillers, or we have had very specific requests like um, nonviolent mysteries set in the early 1800s or something like that. <laughs> so if you have one of those show suggestions, um, you can shoot us an email or reach out via social media. We will have all of our contact information in the show notes. You can just head there, click the link. Um, but we always like to give a call out at the beginning of the show so you can start thinking maybe of some ideas that you would like to see us cover. Or if you just want to say hi, how's it going? Um, definitely feel free to shoot us an email as well. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review over Apple Podcasts so other people can find us. It really does help the algorithm gods shine a positive light on us <laughs> give their blessings to us because as we all know algorithms it's rough out there honestly it's true it it it, it really is oh my goodness all right so the news now katie and i have been talking about the crime reads list and she we always text each other when it comes out and it is finally out so you can go check out uh, the link in the show notes for the most anticipated crime fiction of 2024. Um, I, I've been very excited for this list, of course. Um, it's really interesting to see because they always have a mix of things that just involve crime but aren't technically like part of the genre for lack of a better explanation. So it's nice to see a wide range of mix of literary books that happen to have crime in them and then like crime books that also lean literary or you have regular like cozy mysteries. There's just a wide range of books to check out. Awesome. Yeah, we love we love it. For me, I think one of the big ones I'm looking forward to is the new Catherine Arden with um, – it's like this uh, – she wrote The Bear and the Nightingale and then the mm -hmm. um, middle grade – uh, like little horror series that was really cute. I read it, the whole series in like a weekend last year. Um, but this one is about a woman whose brother is fighting in World War One, and it is supposed to be like her trying to figure out where he is and see if she can find him, locate them. And it'll be ghosty and creepy because that's what she does best. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's called The Warm Hands of Ghosts, and it's one of my favorite books of the year. I can't wait for people to read it. Well, I'm going to bump it up my TBR then. That is yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And on the like historical side of things, there are so few World War I novels compared to World War II. It's um, true. And it's really just this amazing book about history because it also uh, includes the Halifax 
disaster. Uh, and it's like an amazing history book that also happens to have speculative elements and a, a mystery. We we love a good a good blend of genres. Um, yeah. That sounds absolutely incredible. Um, and you also mentioned that we heard some news about Louise Penny yes. earlier this week. Yes, they just announced that the 19th Louise Penny book in the Chief Inspector Gamache series is coming out in October. It started in 2005 with Still Life. It seems impossible, um, but she's been averaging a book a year. And so it's 2024, so 19th year of the series, 19th book. Um, They've won like a bazillion awards. Uh, It's a beloved series, you know, one of the most popular mystery series going today. Um, I read the first five and then I, I can't remember why I stopped, but I was saying to you earlier, I think it's because there just wasn't another one at that time. Cause I, I picked them up a few years after they started. Um, and they are so good and people sometimes call them cozies because it it's, you know, in a small town, but they're definitely not cozies. Um, especially I read the beginning of one that came out a couple of years ago. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I don't know why people call these cozies. <laughs> you know, they must just get like the lovely, they, they used to have like these lovely watercolor covers. So maybe that gave people like the idea, like small Canadian town, you know, but they're still fantastic. Like I highly recommend them. I did try to watch the TV show, but yeah, I had to give that up. <laughs> did you see it? I did not. I did not. I feel like I'm very behind on the Louise Penny bandwagon for sure. Yeah. I wanted to like it. I love Alfred Molina, who stars as Gamache, but just it, there were some very silly things that I, I just couldn't continue on with the next season. <laughs> you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. So, yeah. but at least we have a gazillion books to read, and to read one of them is on my goals for this year to try to read at least one of them. I have a friend um, who who loves them so much. She's Canadian and just like, yes, Canadian mystery. So love to see it. Very excited. All right. Well, you know, I think it's time to jump into the theme. And so for today, we were chatting about different options. And uh, we kind of came up with something old and something new. Yeah. As our theme, which is delightful. And um, easy and broad. So <laughs> that's probably why. <laughs> and Liberty, you said, I'm borrowed. I am the borrowed part. <laughs> and so we have something old, something new, something borrowed, and I'm wearing blue. Oh, well, there you go. Look at us go. Um, I, I love a good I, I love a good saying and playing with that. Um, but something old, something new, we love that. I think it works. Um, Yeah. So so do you want to start with one of your picks? Sure. Uh, My something old for today is Smaller and Smaller Circles by F.H. Batican. This is considered the first published Filipino crime novel. It won the uh, Carlos Palanca Grand Prize for the English novel in 1999. It also won the National Book Award in 2002 in the Philippines uh, and all kinds of other awards. It was published in English for the first time in the States in 2015. 
And I had occasion to think about this book. I, I do often, but uh, they just announced that F.H. Batican has a new book coming out in August. It's a book of short stories. It's called mm. Accidents Happen. And I'm very, very excited because, like I said, this came out in 2015, uh, which feels like yesterday, but it was not. Um, and it's one of those detective novels with unusual detectives, uh, not detectives that we haven't seen before. They're priests, but um, it's so good. It's it's kind of it's like very grim and dark and gritty, but also kind of lighthearted because the priests are very kind and, and interesting. But it's set in Manila. Um, where a body has been found in the dump in the poorest section of the city. Like they have moved like 50 acres of trash into this section of the city and they find the body of a young boy and then more are found and the police don't care. They're like the deaths of poor citizens don't interest us. They're not really doing anything to get justice for these, these boys and their families so there are two Jesuit priests who live nearby and they take up the investigation. Um, one is older, one is younger. The older one is a forensic anthropologist who has worked police cases before. And the younger one is a psychologist and he's relatively new to the area. Um, and between the two of them, they've decided they're going to come up with a profile for the killer and examine the evidence to find them. And like I said, they're so charming and kind and smart. I really hoped we were going to get another book from these priests, like another book in the series. Um, and I had heard at one point that there was a chance of it, but obviously this book coming out, uh, I don't believe it includes stories with these priests, but maybe, um, but nothing yet. I also remember they were making a movie or a television series of this, or maybe they even did. Um, if they did, it's not on my radar, but it's just so good. Uh, like I said, it is very grim though. There, you know, death of children, uh, you know, gore and violence and assault. So please take caution when you read it. Um, it is Smaller and Smaller Circles by F.H. Batican. So has this author written a lot of mystery thriller novels? You know, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if it's a case of like, um, they have, and they just haven't been trained. I'm not certain. I mean, I don't think so. Like when I looked it up, I did it on the show, like one of the very first episodes of all the books, um, I included smaller and smaller circles. And at that time, that's when I found out like, whoa, wait, this has been out for 15 years. And <laughs> I had no idea. Um, but I, at that time, I don't think so. So I hope so. Well, it sounds like an incredible new author to to check out. I'm going to add it to my TBR, um, as one does, I feel like, always yeah. adding to the TBR. <laughs> yeah, a new to lots of people author who's been working for, you know, 20 years or something. <laughs> you know, we'll take it. We'll take it. All right. So my first pick is my something old, and that is Eggshell Skull by Brie Lee. Um, this is a sort of like sort of like a true crime but for uh, all, uh but set in Australia um the author Breeley is a lawyer and i understand that different lawyers have different kinds of names in Australia but we're just going to use the universal lawyer cuz Americans only struggle understanding other countries legal systems but she is a lawyer in Australia and so she um is working um in this court with this with this judge as part of her 
I think it's like the end of her degree training or it's like her first job right after she finished her her degree, et cetera. So she's a very young lawyer working in this judge's court and she sees a, a lot of women come up um, and she realizes that very few of their sexual assault charges are actually like resulting in convictions for the guy or whatever. Um, and she doesn't see justice done in this way. And as she's watching this, um, she's in the Queensland District Court. And so she's she's watching all of this go down. And it really kind of triggers in her mind something that happened to her when she was a child. And so the true crime element is actually mostly her, the crime that happened to her, which is not something I see in a lot of true crime books, right? Normally, um, we, we don't see the survivor telling their own story. And that's kind of what she does in this book. The title comes from a legal doctrine, and I'm going to read it so I don't get the quote wrong, but it says that the defendant must take their victim as they find them. So if a single punch kills someone because they're because they have a thin skull, the victim's weakness cannot mitigate the seriousness of the crime. And so she begins thinking about that principle and how that applies to women who have been sexually assaulted. Um, and really, it, it, this was published in eight, 2018. So we have like Me Too happening. And then it won a bunch of awards. And um, it was just a beautiful, beautiful book. And I haven't seen too many people in the United States talk about it. So I have a friend who lives in Australia. And when this book came out, she told me I should read it. And she sent it to me. And... I didn't read it. <laughs> like, it's still here at my house. So when I saw that you would put it on the list, I was like, is that the is that the one I think it is? It is. Yeah, I've heard nothing but amazing things about this book. You know, the, ver the universe. The universe is calling to you, Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> no, because now I have to read the Nikki French books that you were telling me about before we started recording. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we both are sharing and adding to our TBRs. The, you know, the love is mutual. <laughs> yeah. I go throughout the day, you know, talking to readers and seeing things online and the book that I want to read the most changes like about 500 times a day because I'm like, oh, I want that one. I want to read that. Like it's the one that I don't have. And that's the one that I want to read most. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know. I, I, you know, I love that, that you also had this because again, like I had to order my copy from Australia. Uh, mm -hmm. That's and, where mine came from. It just, you know, came from them. <laughs> and I, so I was so sad that this book, you know, I was like, oh, it won all these awards. Like a lot of times that means that a U.S. publisher will pick it up, but I haven't yeah. seen anyone pick it up. And I feel like it's such an important moment. Maybe people thought that because it's so embedded in Australia's legal system that, like Americans wouldn't connect with it, but I feel like there are universals that apply to American culture as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I think part of the reason that I agreed to to read it is also because I love books with skulls on the cover. <laughs> As it's like pink, it's a pink skull. I was like, yes, I have to have that. It is beautifully designed. There's like a what is that? Almost look like a, a locust or something yeah, over some the kind of bug. Yeah, over the mouth of the skull. Yeah. Um, it's very Silence of the Lambs. It is, very much so. Um, but of course, uh, for folks who go into this, just be aware that there are a lot of descriptions of um, sexual assault, um, mostly on women. And so just 
just as a heads up, that's not something you want to read at the moment, you know, put it aside and can come back to it later. But it is such, I think, an important book where, um, where a survivor is not only telling her own story, but fighting for other women to be able to tell theirs too. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that is Eggshell Skull. Eggshell is one word. Eggshell Skull by Brie Lee. All right. So before we jump in to our next pick, uh, let's hear from our next sponsor. All right. Liberty, what's your second pick? Okay, so for my something new today, I picked something new-ish. But it's a book that I feel like hardly anybody was talking about. I do know like it was on a lot of best of lists at the end of the year, but I don't know anyone else who has read it. And so I feel like it deserved more love. It is Anywhere You Run by Wanda M. Morris. Morris wrote the thriller All Her Little Secrets. And she has a new book coming out this June. And this one is my favorite of the two that she has out so far. Uh, it's a historic crime novel set in 1964, Jim Crow, Mississippi. It's about two sisters. Marigold works for an organization in the city that is trying to encourage Black citizens to vote. Meanwhile, Black people are being killed for trying to vote, just for being Black. Uh, it's right after the murders of the three white men who were killed for helping black people vote. So there's a lot of tension and violence in the city. Marigold wants to be a lawyer. That's how she's gotten started, like working on this. Um, but then she discovers that she's pregnant and she knows that's going to derail her plans and she doesn't know what she's going to do. Uh, and at the beginning of the book, we also meet her sister, Violet. Um, I guess I should have given trigger warnings uh, before I started, but... Uh, Violet at the beginning of the book is raped by a white man and she goes and kills him. Uh, and she knows that there will be no justice in the South for killing a white man, no matter what he did. So she runs. And now Marigold begins receiving threatening visits from the police because they know that Violet killed this man and she's not around. And Marigold begins to get the idea that she might be convicted in place of her sister. The police aren't interested in truth or justice. They just want somebody to take the fall for this. So she also runs. Um, and so now both sisters are fleeing Mississippi. Uh, and the family of the man that Violet killed hires a man to track them. So think Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men but not as smart, so even more dangerous. It becomes a game of cat and mouse between these two women who want to survive and find safety and this chilling killer with his own dark backstory that we're going to find out about. It's fantastic. It's historical fiction, but it's also crime and you'll just fly right through it. I think this would have a great adaptation. I think actually her first book would also have a great adaptation. Um, the characters are amazing. It also explores American history that many people you know, now would rather pretend didn't happen or not talk about or teach anymore. So that's important. Uh, and like I said, Wanda M. Morris has a book coming out in June called What You Leave Behind if you're a fan and you're waiting for the next one. This one is called Anywhere You Run, and it's by Wanda M. Morris. Well, that sounds fantastic. And somehow this slipped you know, past my radar. So I'm excited to just add it, add it to my stack. Great. 
my little TBR, little, little TBR wall. Yeah, little. <laughs> I had a family over uh, around uh, Christmas and they're like, oh, look at how many books you have. And I was like, yeah, that's just my TBR. And they're like, what? It's like, yeah, the library's in the back of the house. I all the red ones. So they're just like, what is happening? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, anyway, I digress. So my uh, my second pick. So this is my something new. And this book came out last year. And uh, some of you all probably remember me talking about it. I didn't get to finish it before our best of the year podcast or it would probably have been on that. And that is The Reformatory by Tanana Reeve Du. And oh my goodness, this this book. So I do want to uh, give some trigger warnings and content warnings um, for uh, racism, violence against everyone, um, violence against, particularly against young boys. So just as a heads up, there are some very um, horrific descriptions in this book. So just be aware as you head into it. Um, but uh, Tanana Reevedu um, had an uncle who kind of inspired the main character of this book. And so she named Robert after her uncle. And Robert um, and his older sister, Gloria, are walking um, you know, around where they live. And there's an altercation where a white boy um, hits on Gloria in a very gross way. And Robert, like, pushes him back and uh, that ends up with Robert going to court without a trial and just being sent to the reformatory, which is an air quotes school for boys. Um, there's a white side of campus and a black side of campus and it's 1950. So um, it is a, a really horrific place. Um, the supernatural twist here as Tananarivdu does is that Robert can see ghosts and he sees them all over the school and his mom has recently died and so he knows he's he's often seen her at home but now he's seeing not just glimpses of of her and her voice but like all of these all of these ghosts all over the school so while he's in the school trying to survive you have Gloria who is 16 trying to get her younger brother out of that horrific place. And so she's trying to move heaven and earth to get him out of there. Um, it's sort of like, I feel like a much longer version. Like a lot of people are like, oh, like the Nickel Boys. It's like a similar topic, um, but supernatural and um, a bit longer. But it's a stunning, stunning book. Have you have you read The Reformatory Liberty? I, I have, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's one of my favorite books of last year. I mean- it's it's tough to read in places for sure, but I mean she's amazing. Everything she does is amazing. You know, everything she, she touches turns to gold. She teaches horror, you know, black horror, uh, at a school, and she's just so smart. Big fan. She had a book of short stories that came out last year too, called The Wishing Pool. She's just awesome. I I love. I was talking to a friend of mine. Um, who is native and she was saying that she really loves horror told from 
um, in particular from Black and Indigenous authors, because they experience horror in their everyday lives. And so the tackling of the topic is just so complex and rich in a way that she often doesn't see um, mm-hmm. from white authors. Um, and I really, especially in historical like horror, and that's something that I really, you know, was really just great to think about and to hear that perspective. And I feel like Tanana Reevdu, that's what she does. She takes like a lot of um, these moments of these characters experiencing racism and expands on that to include supernatural elements. Um, And it's just so beautifully done. It's almost like seamless the way that she does it. It's just, it's so good. Um, I read The Good House for the first time last year. Mm -hmm. It was so good. Um, Where should it... You've read several of her books. Do you? Where would you recommend where I go next? Uh, well, there you're putting me on the spot. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Every time I have to talk about books, I forget everything <laughs> that I've read. Like when I was at that book conference this weekend, I forgot the titles of all the books I've ever read. You know, my own name. Because um, the the Good House is what I always recommend to people who want to read things like Stephen King. Like I find her writing to be kind of similar in in that way in the good house um but there's a collection oh i'm not gonna forget it i'm not gonna forget it i'm not gonna remember it now um called what is it called oh the ghost summer it's stories this is the reason that i don't like to go in the water i don't like to go in the water because there's things in it and then this book just reinforced that um so just don't go in the water (laughs) i don't like it Uh, she also has a couple uh there's a series that starts with My Soul to Keep, which is great. And also the Between. One of one of her books was just re-released recently. It might be my the African Immortal series that starts with My Soul to Keep. They were re-released. So I, I mean anywhere is amazing. So well, I will definitely check out her short story collections for my short story day challenge. I'm looking for more. So um, I would definitely check those out. But the book I just talked about was The Reformatory by Tanana Reeve Do. Please go forth and read it. She's amazing. <laughs> awesome. Well, those are our four books. And, and since you're here, Liberty, I thought I would just give you the floor for the new book section. You could tell listeners all about the exciting things that are coming out soon. Well, uh, I have two. Um, <laughs> because uh, Wander in the Dark, which I mentioned earlier, that I'm going to start reading after probably right after we finish recording. Um, that comes out on uh, January 30th. And one of my favorite books of last year, my favorite mystery of last year for sure comes out in paperback on the 30th as well. It's called everybody knows by Jordan Harper. Uh, his first book, she rides shotgun is fantastic. I loved it. It's super ultra violent crime chasing each other around the city. They just announced that it's going to be made into a movie. Um, I really want to see this one as a movie as well. It's about a woman who works in Hollywood for this special organization. Uh, Basically, they're fixers, but they're not like fixers in the good way. They're fixers who are like, if you're a very famous celebrity and you like have a party and someone dies, they come and and make it go away um, or, you know, clean up all these mistakes that celebrities make. And the main character knows like, I'm a bad person. I do bad things. I'm really good at my job. And then one day her boss contacts her and says, I need to talk to you about something. We can't talk about it in the office. 
you know, meet me here. And when she shows up at that place, he's been, he's been killed. Uh, and now she wants to know like what happened. And she's also starting to reconsider like her career. Is there any hope for her? Can she be a good person? She ends up working with an ex-police officer who she also used to date, um, who is now a heavy. He's also a bad person. He hurts people for money uh, for this very rich person. Um, and he also wants to go, you know, go good. Uh, so they're going to try and figure out like what is going on. It's excellent. Just excellent. Uh, I loved it so much. And I feel like it came out in like the first or second week of last year. So I feel like it got lost. Um, like a lot of those books do at the beginning of the year. So I wanted to mention it here. And I also just read one that I thought was really, really good uh, called No One Can Know. First, we have Everybody Knows, and now we have No One Can Know <laughs> uh, by Kate Alice Marshall. This comes out on the 23rd, which is today, the day that we are recording. Uh, Kate Alice Marshall writes a lot of books for uh, young adults, but also wrote What Lies in the Woods. That was her first adult thriller, which also came out at the beginning of last year, which I thought was fantastic. This one is also great. It's about three sisters. Uh, at the beginning of the book, we know that they have just found both their parents murdered. We don't know who did it. We don't know what's actually going on. Uh, just that now they're adults. They don't speak to each other anymore. And it goes back and forth in time between what was happening back then when their parents were murdered and what's happening now. One of the sisters uh, suffers uh, several hardships. So she has to move back into the home that they grew up in until her parents were mur until their parents were murdered. Um, it's been empty since then. And she moves back and people are like, what are you doing here? She's the one that they, of the three that they think maybe did it. The police could never prove it. They never found a killer. Um, things are happening. People are getting upset that she's there. They have to find out what's going on. So that one was also really fun. I, I mentioned this on all the books, but I'll just say it again. Like I really enjoy crime with secrets in families that take place in present day because there's so many things to consider now. Like a long time ago, you know, Agatha Christie could be like, this person was murdered. And it turns out that like 20 years ago, they did this and this happened. And, you know, these people are getting revenge and that they just have to like use their wits. But like now, you know, these people, like their parents are murdered. They can't figure out who did it, but now they have like DNA evidence and fingerprints and, you know, social media to discuss the case and like all this different stuff. So to be able to like still pull it off without, you know, having an easy solve, like not that it's easy to solve a case, but you know what I mean? Like they don't have all this stuff to like go to and be like, okay, there's the person on the camera here at this security camera, you know, like, or on this security camera, I mean, and then like, here's the person like making a phone call because their cell phone pinged the tower um, to still be able to make a mystery and avoid all that, like from happening is pretty awesome. It's Does like that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the discussion about how, like, the internet and cell phones kind of ruined a lot of, like, miscommunication plot points, you know? Sure. You, could ju you just call the person up and be like, hey, where are you, you know? Exactly. Sometimes when I'm driving around to someplace that I don't know, and, and I think, like, how do people used to do this with just a map? You know, like, it doesn't say on the map, like, next to the Blue House, beside the Best Buy, and the, the you know, like... How do people used to get places? <laughs> I mean, I am that old. I used to do it, but I don't remember how. You know, I, I think of that all the time because my spouse 
often gets lost. Uh, and I'm like, well, how, how would he survive without navigation <laughs> on his phone? <laughs> it's true. Um, but there are so many exciting books coming out. So listeners, if you haven't already, definitely go subscribe to all the books where Liberty and Friends uh, discuss um, new books and just other books that are exciting. Um, and it's a great way to find new books. Thank you. It's has it been nine years? Yeah. Nine years. Mar- so next- uh, May, March or May of 2015. I can't remember. I started with Ma. I, I remember it started around the time I graduated grad school, I think. And then while I was waiting for Dylan to be old enough to bring home, I just listened to a bunch of episodes of all the books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe it's been that long, but... And I'm still just as terrified to record. <laughs> <laughs> and and now Dylan is here with us yeah. um, recording. He's learned to be quiet um, after he got kicked out a couple times for throwing up on a recording. So, Oh, he, no. Um, <laughs> Constructive <yeah>. criticism. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Dylan is opinionated, but I digress. <laughs> Well, thank you, Liberty, for coming on the show and discussing all the books with us. No pun intended, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You are welcome. All right, friends. Well, that is our show. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. And of course, a wonderful thank you to Caitlin Brame for always making us sound great. For show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. For more book recommendations and bookish goodness, head over to bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out Book Riot's other podcast, which you can find by searching Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. And if you want to send us an email with feedback or show suggestions, you can reach us at redordead at bookriot.com. Otherwise, you can reach me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at KD Winchester. You can find Liberty on Instagram at Franzen Comes Alive. And we'll talk to you all next time. I won't, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs>